All right, praise the Lord. Okay, so we are here to have our Sunday service like we often do, hallelujah. And it's, it's amazing that anytime we come to the house of God, we are relieved, you know, from, from all the thoughts and confusions that, you know, are surrounding us. We are revived of all that we lost spiritually and physically, you know, and our youth is also renewed. And then we are also happy. We find happiness coming into the house of God, you know, and uh, it is awesome. I like it when I'm always coming to church. And I believe you also love it when you're coming to church. Praise the Lord. Today is our first Sunday in the month and it's a communion service for us. So just like I said last time, we have to learn about the communion, hallelujah, and understand what the communion is before we take it so that nobody will be confused. Hallelujah. Amen. First of all, I would like us to read our main text. And our main text is from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 26. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 26. And I read. I'm reading. He says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I believed unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. 25. After the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he comes. Praise the Lord. So this is our opening text. Hallelujah. Amen. It's about a communion. Glory to God. Okay. Last night, last week I spoke about communion, that we are going to eat communion. Somebody will be like, what is communion? People will ask about these questions. You understand me? That what is this communion that we are talking about? Communion, communion, communion. Some people think it's just food. It's just bread and wine. Hallelujah. It's just communion bread and wine. Amen. But it goes beyond that. And we will, you know, get to a place of loving what it is and finding grace in even partaking of the communion when we really understand what it is. You understand me? And in so doing, we will get to a point of wanting to partake in the communion most often most of the time a lot of the time each and every time okay because it is something that the lord wants us to do communion 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 you see communion because the greek the new testament was written in greek we'll just take what it really means in the greek and then we break it down from there, okay? So, 
The Greek word for communion is koinonia. Koinonia. K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A. Koinonia. And that word shouldn't sound too big to you, all right? It means fellowship. Okay? It means fellowship. It means friendship. It means kinship. It means agreement. It means unity. In other words, we are trying to say that we are coming to have fellowship with Jesus Christ. We are trying to have fellowship with who He is. There are places that they don't call it communion. The word that they used to call it is the Lord's Supper. Me, I went to Methodist Church. So normally when we are, we say we are coming to have the Lord's Supper. When we say supper, it means evening food. Okay, the Lord's Supper. It was because of the time that Jesus Christ had that thing with his disciples. That's why they call it the Lord's Supper. It was getting to evening. And it was around the time that they, they arrested him. It was after the Lord's Supper that they arrested our Lord Jesus Christ. So people see it to be like the last meal that he had with his disciples before they captured him. So, the Lord's Supper. Hallelujah. And I said, the communion is the Greek, in the Greek word is called koinonia, which is fellowship. Right now, as we are here as a church, we are fellowshipping. We are fellowshipping among ourselves. And we are fellowshipping with Christ. Because the Bible says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Another version will tell you that where two or three are gathered because of me, because I have put my name on them, I am there among them. Praise the Lord. I want us to read something from the book of Matthew chapter 26. Today the scriptures won't be so much, but they will have impact on our life. Matthew chapter 26, verse 26. If you have your notes, you should write down the scriptures so that the next time you are talking to somebody, you can point it out to them. There are some people when you say something, all they will be like, I want it. Because if I've not seen it, I won't believe it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Good. So you should be writing it. You should be going into it. Like I said the last week, that is good to always write down the notes. Put them down so that you look at them. You work with them. You walk in the, in the word of God when you do that. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 26, verse 26. Matthew chapter 26, verse 26. Bible says, And as they were eating, And as they were eating, Matthew chapter 26, Matthew chapter 20, 26, verse 26. And as they were eating, Jesus Christ took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. 27. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. The blood of the New Testament, 
which is shed for many for the remission of sins. When we talk about New Testament, the Greek word is nekros. Nekros, hallelujah. It's a Greek word. But it means dead or to be dead. It means that you can accept whatever is given unto you only if the person dies. An example, if I call you today and I say, I have a will that I've done for my house. You are my child and I've written a will in your name. But you can only enjoy that will after I am dead. So then that will becomes a testament. Okay? And it becomes activated after I am dead. So Jesus Christ, we had remission of sins through that New Testament in him. After he had died. So we became new creation. Hence the testament, remission of sins. That's from Matthew chapter 26, verse 26. Then we come to Mark chapter 14, verse 22. Mark chapter 14, verse 22. Still talking about how Jesus Christ gave the communion to the people. Mark chapter 14, verse 22. Yes. Mark chapter 14, verse 22. Are you there? Okay. Mark chapter 14, verse 22. Let me read. It says, And as they did it, just like as Matthew said, 22, 22. As they did it, Jesus took bread and blessed and break it. As they did it, Jesus took bread and blessed and break it and gave to them and said, Take, eat this. This is my body. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank it. And he said unto them, This is my blood, verse 24. This is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. For verily I say unto you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine until the day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So you see, Matthew spoke about this same thing. Mark has also spoken about it. So it's really important. They said Jesus Christ, when he was about to go, he did this thing with his disciples. It was very significant. Something that they had to look at. Something that they had to do. Because there are certain important things involved in this thing. Praise the Lord. Let's look at Luke chapter 22 verse 17. Luke chapter 22, verse 17. You see, the scriptures are many, so sometimes it's good to write them down. Yeah, Luke chapter 22, verse 17. Luke chapter 22, verse 17, and I read. He said, And he took the cup, Jesus, and he took the cup, and he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took the bread, verse 19, and gave thanks, and break it, and gave it unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Verse 20, Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Hallelujah. You see, 
These things were all put in there so that you and I, we can see the essence of the communion. Peter, Luke could have only written about it and then leave it like that. Matthew could have written about it and then Luke wouldn't write. Or Mark and then the other two wouldn't write. But they all put it there vividly so that you will see that something like this took place. Something like this happened. And there is an importance to that thing. Praise the Lord. We read something from the book of 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23 to 26, before you came. 23 to 26. Yes. And we said that was our main text for today's service. It was also talking about the communion. Now, the verse 23, Paul was talking about a revelation. A revelation. Something that God revealed to him. He didn't just sit somewhere and he said, Hey, uh, so this is what the communion is. No. The Bible says, Paul said, I had a revelation from the Lord about what the communion is. So actually, he then referred them back to what the Lord did in the book of Matthew chapter 26 verse 26, Mark 14, 22, Luke 22, 17. He referred to them that, ah, this thing that the Lord did, God gave me a revelation on that word. God gave me a revelation as to why the Lord Jesus Christ did this thing. Why? And what was the revelation? He said, look, in the upper room, that night before Jesus Christ was captured, the revelation was about what the communion was, and it was in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16. So it means we have to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16, to see the revelation that Paul had about the communion. You know, Apostle Paul wrote a lot of the books in the Bible, okay, especially the New Testament, okay? He wrote most of them. And people used to say, Paul Lambantem Ose Edikampo, because he wrote a lot of things. He wrote a lot. We, we learn a lot of things from Paul. He wrote most of the epistles. Praise the Lord. Most of the things that we have to take a look at as Christians. Now, let's look at what the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16. And I read. The cup of blessing. You see, this is the revelation that Paul had about the communion. See what he said. He said, look, the cup of blessings, which we bless. See, the communion is the communion wine, which is taken in the cup, the communion cup. And then the communion bread, which is eaten, right? He said, the cup of blessing, which we bless. It means there is blessing in the communion. Anytime you take the communion, you are taking in blessing. He said, the cup of blessing, which we bless. Is it not the communion of the blood of Jesus Christ? That cup that we take, anytime we take communion. He was asking, is it not? In other words, it is the blood of the communion in Jesus Christ. And it is true that, that we get blessings. Praise the Lord. And he said, the bread 
The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? You see, he's telling them that, look, these things that we do, they are the blessings we get from breaking the bread, which is the body of Jesus Christ. And then it is the blessing we get from drinking the communion cup. So people should not just take the communion as it is communion. There is something that we receive anytime we take communion. There is something we get from taking communion. It's not just that a pastor or a man of God will come and just stand there. And then when he comes and stand there, he will have the communion in his hand. He will have the bread in his hand. Then he will say, come and take. You pull and take. Jesus Christ say, no, there is a reason behind it. There has to be a reason for taking the communion. Right now, if you say, I should come and take food. And I say, I'm not hungry. He said, no, come and take. I said, oh, I am not hungry. You should be able to tell me why you say, I should come and take that food. Or you have medicine and you say, come and take this medicine. And I say, I don't want. Come and take. I don't want. You should be able to tell me that the reason for this medicine is to help your head, which is aching you to what? Go. So that's the essence for taking the medicine. So Paul had a revelation that anytime you take a communion is a blessing that you receive from the communion. Now we ask ourselves, what is a communion? The communion is a cup of blessing which represents the, the blood of Jesus Christ. The communion is a cup of blessing which represents the blood of Jesus Christ. And the, break, the bread is the body of Jesus Christ which has been broken for us. The bread is the body of Jesus Christ which has been broken for us. So therefore, there, there is blessing in taking the communion. Just like I said, there is a blessing in taking the communion. And then the communion, we should know, is about the remembrance of what Jesus Christ did for us. It is about what? The remembrance of what Jesus Christ did for us. When you read our main text, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse um, 23 downwards. Look at something. He says that, look... Mm, when you look at the verse 20, verse 23 downwards, but when you look at the verse 24 and 25, it says something. Verse 24 says, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You see what Jesus Christ said? He said they should do this. They should break the bread. That is have fellowship in remembrance of him. The verse 25 says, And after the same manner also, he took the cup. And when he had sap, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Do, the, do this too, as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. You see, so anytime we are drinking the communion also, we are doing it in remembrance of who? Jesus Christ. So you don't just come and sit in church. And then after church, you take the communion, you go. There is a reason. Anytime you are taking the communion, you should remember what Jesus Christ did for you. This is another essence. In other words, the more you remember what the Lord Jesus Christ did for you, the more you are having him in mind, the more you are thinking about him. So it even revives you, revives your communication, your fellowship with him. If maybe you've done something for me, 
and I see that that thing is very worthy. That thing, that thing, I love what it is. It means each and every time I want to come close to you so that you continue doing that thing for me. Anytime I remember that thing, I'll say, hey, Papa, we're going to And now let me go and see him. Let me go and visit him to get more from him. So anytime we are doing the communion, we are, we are, you see, the communion, like I said, koinonia, it means fellowship. We are having fellowship with, with, with Jesus Christ. Like you are sitting together like this, it's a fellowship. It means Jesus Christ is among us. And we are having this communion, communication, this brotherliness and, and, and union, unity with him. You understand me? That's what we are trying to do today. That's what we are trying to learn. That's what the communion is all about. Praise the Lord. Another thing we should know about the communion, aside it being the way we remember Jesus Christ, is that the communion is the blood of the new covenant, of our newness in Christ. It is the blood of the new covenant, of our newness in Christ. Anytime we are doing this, anytime we are taking the communion, it reminds us of how we became new. Remember in the past, we were in the darkness. In the past, we were lost people. In the past, we were separated from God because of sin. But because of the blood that Jesus Christ shed on the cross, because of that New Testament blood that we receive in him, we had newness of life. We had newness of life. We became new people. We became brand new people. The Bible says, they, when you come to Christ, you're a new creature. He said, behold, all things have passed. And now everything has become new. So we remember that we are new people. We are no longer living in the past. We are no longer living in darkness. Because we are people of the light. And therefore we are supposed to shine our lights for people to see. These things all remind us when we take the communion. The covenant is the new will of a property or the testament. Like I said, I spoke to us about somebody leaving the will for his child, but the person can only enjoy that unless the person is dead. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now, this is it. Why do we take communion? That's a question some people will ask. So I've said this is communion, and this is what it is. But somebody will ask, so then why do we take the communion? Why do we take communion? In other words, you are trying to ask the question, why do we have fellowship with Jesus Christ? One thing we have to understand is that the communion that we take physically has a spiritual aspect to it. And because we are people of the spirit, we have to take a look at the spiritual aspect first before we take a look at the physical aspect. So we have to consider whatever happens when we take the communion in the spiritual, then it will manifest in the physical. Praise the Lord. So whenever we are taking communion, we have to look at the spiritual aspect before we look at the physical aspect. Okay. Why do we take, or why do we need to take the communion? First of all, I'm giving us seven points. First of all, the communion is for our healing through the broken body of Jesus. It is for our healing through the broken body of Jesus. Jesus' body, when it was broken, 
It was for our healing. When you read the verse 24 of our main text, you will see that that is what he's talking about. He says what? And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it. This is my body. He did what? He broke it. He broke the bread. He said, Take this is my body, which is broken for you. Which is broken for you. Why is the body of Jesus Christ broken for us? It was broken for us because he knew that the flesh has not become a new person. It was our spirit that became a new person when we received Jesus Christ. But our flesh is undergoing a process. That's where Romans chapter 12 verse 2 comes in. That it says we should renew our mind. We should not be conformed to this world, but we should renew our mind. Through the word of God, you understand me? That is how the flesh will be able to now take in the image of God gradually through the soul and then the flesh. But our spirit is already new. Our spirit is already renewed. As you are sitting here right now, your spirit is renewed. As you are sitting here right now, you are a new creature. In the sight of God, when God looks at your spirit, you don't have any sin in your spirit. That is why even if rapture takes place right now, all of us here are going. Because it is our spirit that God looks at. Our flesh is carnal. But he gave newness of life to our spirit. But our flesh is now going through the process. But remember, this flesh will be transformed. That is not what you are going with. Because it has so many lack. It has so many shortfalls. Okay? But it is our spirit. And that is why God worked on our spirit first. But because he knew that sickness is of the world. And this flesh has so many weakness. That sickness can also take over this flesh. He made provision for us by letting them break his body. By letting him go through all those things. So that you and I, we can apply this breakage of body. Which is the communion, breakage of the bread. To receive our healing. To receive our recovery. To receive our reviving. Hallelujah. This is an essence of the communion. He said, my body is broken for you. So that me, my body, can become life. Can have life. Can become afresh. His body was broken for us. So that we, our body, can be strengthened once again. His body was broken for us. So that every lack in our body can be revived. I have done it for you once again. That's what Jesus Christ said. And that's what he did. He did it for us once and for all. Once and for all. He didn't have to go and die again and again and again. It will be useless. But he did it once and for all. He paid for the penalty of sin. By letting them break his body. Once and for all. So that all of us here can walk in faith. And accept that thing. It's like a medicine. That I said, oh, Jesus Christ has already done it. So let me take that medicine that he has already created for my revival. So, you see, the Bible makes us understand that 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 bread or the body that was broken of Jesus Christ is for our healing. It's for our healing. And it is the reason for healing. 
the body of Jesus Christ is the reason. It, it, it is what has made it possible for us to receive healing of any sickness. Just think of any sickness at all. Just think of any condition somebody is going through at all. It is the body of Jesus Christ that will make it possible for that thing to go. Then somebody will ask a question. So why is it that eh, I know people taking communion and still they are working in sickness and other things? Faith. Faith. There is a difference between believing and faith. There are so many instances in the Bible where people come to Jesus Christ and say, Jesus, there was a man who said, Jesus Christ, uh, my, my, my daughter is, is sick. One of my people are sick. Uh, the people who work for me, they are sick in the house. But I need you to speak a word. He said, Jesus Christ, please speak a word. And then I know that person will, will, will get healed. And Jesus Christ said, oh, I'll come. They said, no, 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 no. Look, I'm a man. I know what speaking in authority means. When I say somebody to, should, should do something, the person does it. So you too, you have power over sickness. So just speak. And then my servant, wherever he is, will get well. And then Jesus Christ said, look, I have not seen such a faith in Israel. That is faith. So then, then Jesus Christ spoke. And then wherever that servant was, the servant got healed that instant. That is faith. But there was a man who brought a child to Jesus Christ and the child was not getting well. And then Jesus Christ saw that the man didn't have faith. And Jesus Christ asked the man, do you believe that I can heal this child? Do you know what the guy said? He said, Lord, help my unbelief. If I don't believe, help me to believe. That is different. But those people who had faith, they spoke or they took a step and it happened. It's the same way when you have faith in the communion and you took it or you take it, it is supposed to work. Because the Bible says if you have faith as a monster seed, you speak and even mountains, they were put from wherever they are. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Give a clap of prayer unto the Lord Jesus. Good. So, we are getting what the communion is, gradually. We are getting the essence of the communion. The second thing is, the blood. We spoke about the body, the broken body. Now, the blood made us new creatures when shed on the cross, when it was shed on the cross. The blood of Jesus Christ, and I spoke about it. It made us new creatures when it was shed on the cross. And you can find this in the verse 25. Verse 25 of, of, yes, of the first Corinthians chapter 11. He said, For the same manner also he took the cup. When he had sap, saying, This is the cup of the New Testament in my blood. Which New Testament? The newness of life. The newness of life. The newness of life. Now I can look at myself and I said, I am a new creation in Christ. I am no more of the things of the past. I no longer have sin in my body because I have newness of Christ. Christ shed his blood on the cross for me. Christ gave himself on the cross for me. And when that blood fell down, I became a new person. When that blood fell down and he resurrected, because I said a new testament. And a testament is like a will. So when Jesus Christ died, then the thing started working. And when he resurrected, he gave us that will. He said, take it. Receive new life. Receive new life. Oh, receive new life. Hallelujah. Receive the newness of life. Praise the Lord. So, 
That is what he does. The blood gave us new life. We became new people in Christ Jesus. When you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. He said something there. Hmm. Oh, paradis has to keep us this. Oh, glory to God. Ramando says. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Let me read. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, hallelujah. Therefore, if anybody be in Christ, it means if anybody applies this blood on him or herself, that person is a new creature. All things are passed away. He said, behold. When the Bible says, behold, he says, look. Look. He says, look. All things are become new. Glory to God. Glory to God. Because of the blood of the communion of the New Testament of God, we have all become new. We've all become new people. It doesn't matter what we did in the past. It doesn't matter what we did before we, before we, 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 we became Christians. It doesn't matter. We have become new people. That is what the Bible is saying. He said everything has become new. Tell your brother, you are fresh. You are fresh. There wasn't anything like you before. You are new. You are brand new. You are a brand new creature. You were created afresh. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. You see how good it is when you drink the communion with understanding. You get to understand that all these things are working for you. You have your healing because of the body that was broken. You receive newness of life. Because of the blood. Oh, glory to God. Oh, secondly, you, you have to know, this same blood, you know what this same blood does? Ha. This same blood did something marvelous. That anytime the enemy is coming, anytime the devil wants to do something, anytime the devil wants to affect or destroy something in your life, the book of Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 said, and they overcame him by the blood. Of the lamb they overcame him by what the blood of the lamb the lamb that we are talking about is jesus christ and the bible says when he died and he he, he took his blood and he went to present it into unto god look jesus christ when he died though and he resurrected he took his blood the blood because look the life of a thing is in the blood i'm digressing a little bit shortly i'll come back the life of a thing is in the blood. So all of us sitting here, right now we can be sitting here. When they take our blood out of our body, we'll all be dead. Yes, your heart, your mind will be working perfectly. But the moment they take your blood from you, you will die. Because the life of a thing is in the blood. So if you take a life, you have to replace it with what? A life. That is why in the past they used to say that when you kill somebody, you also have to die. That's why they put people on firing squad. That's why in the past when you kill somebody or you do something, they stole you to death. You too. When you kill an animal, somebody's animal mistakenly, you will replace it with another animal. The life of a thing is in the blood. So, when the, the people in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, when they sinned, God had to do something. So, he had to kill an animal. 
to cleanse them because he needed blood to cleanse them. But you can't be doing this thing over and over and over. So therefore, he needed to do it once and for all. And he needed to do it perfectly. Clean. So that there won't be any sin. So therefore, there had to be somebody who has never committed sin before. And that was our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says our Lord Jesus Christ never committed sin. He didn't have any sin. But he took our sins upon him and nailed it on the cross. So when they nailed Jesus Christ on the cross, he nailed our sins on the cross. My sins, your sins, the sins that you are going to commit in the near future. In fact, he has even forgiven everybody in this world except you don't know. Look, he has forgiven the sinners their sins already. Those people who have not even accepted Jesus Christ, their sins have already been forgiven. All they need to do is come and say that, oh, I have accepted that you are forgiving my sins. That is all they need to do. That's why the Bible says, them that believe in him, he gave them power to become sons of God. For whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. That is what we have gotten. And that is the word that we are standing on right now. And we have believed in him. We have accepted him. And now we have newness of life. We have become born again. We are new creatures. Hallelujah. So that same blood, when he died, he took the blood and went to give it to the father. This is it. This is the blood. Now, anytime you look at the people who have believed in him, Anytime you look at the people who believe in me, anytime you look at Emmanuel, you look at Michael, anytime you look at Calvin, anytime you look at Brother Ima, you look at Brother Stephen, anytime you look at Sister Pat and then Patricia, anytime you look at our mama, you don't see blood, you don't see the sins again. That's what he's saying. You don't see the sins again. It is my blood that you will see. And that blood has made them perfect. So have the blood. And the blood is speaking for us. The same blood is speaking for us in heaven. It's interceding for us. Hallelujah. Amen. You see what the blood is doing for us? So anytime you are taking this communion, you have to have it in the back of my, your mind that these things are all happening for me. They are happening for my good. They are all happening for my good. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The third thing that he does for us is we have to do that to remember Jesus for all that he has done for us. I spoke a lot about all Jesus Christ did for us. For taking our sins. Oh, for bearing it on the cross. The Bible says his father turned his face from him. We kind of don't understand how it feels. Imagine your own father that you have been with over the years, so many years, and you love him. He loves you like this. Nobody can separate you. Nobody can separate you. The Bible says nobody can separate us from the love of God. Not even death, not even tribulation. But look, the two of them, they were like this. But because of me and you, our sins, his father left him. They had been there from eternity. When I say eternity, they have been there from the beginning of everything. They have never been separated before. 
But because of our sins, because of you and I, our sins, because he doesn't want us to be destroyed, he doesn't want us to go to hell, he doesn't want us to go to destruction, he permitted it. They were separated from each other. And the Bible says Jesus Christ was on the cross and he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He wept. He said, Father, why have you turned your face away from me? Father, why? Do you know why? God couldn't look at sin. Because at that moment, Jesus Christ has all our sins on him. He has all our sins on him. So we remember what he did anytime we are eating the communion. We remember that there was a death that I was supposed to die. There was a hell that I was supposed to go to. There was a distraction that I was supposed to encounter. But when I remember what he did, oh, hallelujah. Just say, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Oh, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for dying on the cross, for giving us this chance. Oh, there was a newness of life. Praise the Lord. So that was what we need to do. That is what we need to do to remember all that he did for us. (laughs) Are are we we getting somewhere? Are we seeing the essence of the communion? The first thing was that we continue to proclaim and tell people of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection till it comes. The verse 26 speaks about that. Verse 26, let me read. He says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he comes. Ha. Another version will say, you testify about his death. And when he talks about his death, he's talking about his death, then he's talking about his burial, then he's talking about his resurrection. Praise the Lord. So anytime you eat the communion, then you, when you remember Jesus Christ and what he did, then you go out and you tell, wow, do you know there was a man who came onto this earth, but actually he was God, but he came in the form of flesh and he came so that you and I will have eternal life. So he gave his life for us and he was crucified for you and I. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So then you tell people, he died. He died. But on the third day, he resurrected. And when he resurrected, he ascended onto heaven. And right now, he's seated at the right hand side of God. And he continues to intercede for us. You are telling people these things. You are making them aware of what Jesus Christ did. You are telling them about the love that he demonstrated. It was love. He demonstrated love. You are telling people about these things. And they will come to God. Praise the Lord. Thank God for the significance of the communion. Thank God. Praise the Lord. Fifth point. To continue staying and being in Jesus Christ. This is very important. Please listen carefully. One important essence of taking the communion is that it will allow us to continue staying and being in Jesus Christ. It is very necessary to take part in him. Hence, communion that we eat. 
If you don't partake in it, you are not part of him. Listen. If you don't take communion, you are not part of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter how old you are. You have to partake of Jesus. Else you are not part of him. You have to partake in the communion. That's what Jesus Christ is saying. I'm not the one saying it. Amen. This is just like bearing a physical name as Christians. The spiritual aspect is the communion. Is it like the way people see us and call us Christians, Christians, Christians? In the spiritual realm, when you take communion, you are saying that this is it. I am a Christian. I am part of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, I am part of you. I am in you because I'm eating your body. That's what the Bible says. When you read the book of John chapter 6 verse 53. Let's look at John chapter 6 verse 53. John 6 53. John 6 53. Oh, hallelujah. The communion is such a wonderful thing to partake in. Oh, thank you Lord Jesus. John 6 53. Yeah, please read. Mm. Mm. Listen, he said, Jesus said to them, I assure you, unless, listen, no, he didn't say maybe, he said, unless, brother Ima, take it again, unless you do what? The son of man. Unless you eat his flesh, that's what Jesus Christ is saying, unless you eat his flesh, and that flesh is the communion. He's saying, unless you eat my body, Unless you do what? You eat my body. And then what? And drink my blood. And drink my blood. People think it's only vampires who drink blood. Hallelujah. But this is spiritual. It is that blood that makes you a new person. It is that body that heals you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So unless you partake of Jesus, you are not part of him. Unless he has given you the chance to have newness of life, you are not part of him. Unless he has given you the New Testament through the blood, you are not part of him. And you can't be part of him. There and then, when the end comes, he can look at you and he say, Look, I don't know you. Depart from me. Communion is really important too. He can look at you and he say, I don't know you. Because you don't have part of me. You don't have anything that resembles me. When my father even looks at you, he doesn't see part of me in you. It means automatically you belong to the other side. Where's the other side? Hell. You belong to your father, the devil. <laughs> so the question is, if you are not... Look, as human beings, whether we like it or yes, we have to eat. Am I lying? We have to eat. So it means if you don't eat the body of Jesus Christ, whose body are you eating? You are eating your father's. Oh yeah. Am I lying? You are, you are eating your father's body. Of course. So there, when Jesus Christ looks at you, you'll be like, oh, he has the, the sign. He has the symbol. He has the signature of his father on him. I don't know him. And then, You'll be regarded as a goat. But those of us who eat the communion, 
who take part of Jesus Christ, he will look at us and he will say, these are my sheep. My sheep hears my voice. And they know me and I know them. And I will speak about them to my father. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The communion is so important. It's so important. Our everyday life. Hmm. Number six. Taking the communion. Taking the communion is a transaction that takes us from the spiritual realm into the physical realm. Hallelujah. It is a transaction that takes us from the physical to the spiritual realm. Our healing is in the spiritual realm because it has already been done. It has already been taken care of by Jesus Christ. Therefore, for us to be able to take charge over it, we have to enter there. And go and take it and bring it to the what? Physical. Therefore, when you are taking the communion and you are remembering all these things that Jesus Christ has done, and you remember that healing that he did, because they stripped him by his stripes, by his stripes, you were healed. Because they stripped him, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, because they stripped him, you will know that, wow, he has already done it. He has already done it. So therefore, let me go and take it. Let me give you an example. Like if right now, I have a car, which is out there, and I put the key here, and I say, Brad Steven, I have a car for you. In fact, I've already paid for the car. Paid for. It's fresh. You don't need anything. The key is here. The key is here. What do you need to do? You just have to go and then get up from where you are and come and take the key and go and spark your car and go. But whilst you are sitting down in the physical, the sickness is eating you up. Not knowing in the spiritual, you already have been healed. So in taking the communion and remembering this thing, you go into the spiritual realm through prayer, through speaking of the word of God, through confessing the word of God in your life, through speaking and proclaiming it in your life that it has already opened, it has already happened, it has already been taken, and you proclaim it over your life each and every day, each and every time, and then you take it. That's how it is. But when you sit out there, the car key will be lying there. The car will also be parked there. It will rust. Hallelujah. But we thank God that spiritual blessings, they don't rust. The gift of God are without repentance. So whilst we are sitting down, we can still go for our healing. We can still go back for our what? Healing. So Jesus Christ is saying, me, look, sometimes when I read this scripture and I've not taken communion, then I kind of start getting worried. And I start getting feared. That is good fear, not bad fear. If you don't take the communion, you don't have part of Jesus. You don't have part of him. Whether you are a child, whether you are an adult, you don't have part of him. In the spiritual realm, when they look at you, they say, ah, this person, he doesn't belong here. He's an alien. But we are not aliens in the name of Jesus Christ. We are not aliens in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. The seventh thing is, many, oh God, God, God. Look at this thing. The seventh point. Many are sick. Listen, oh. Many are sick 
In other words, a lot of people are sick and they are dying because of neglecting the essence of the communion and because they don't discern the Lord's body. Many people are dying. Many people are getting terminal illness. People are getting cancer. People are getting brain tumor. People are getting stroke. People are getting paralyzed. Why? Because they are not taking the essence of the communion very serious. I'm not the one saying you see it in the word of God. And they don't descend the Lord's body. This is very important reason why we have to give reverence and respect to the Lord's body because of what he did for us. If you don't give reverence to what Jesus Christ did for you, it means you can't partake of him. If I am your father and you don't respect me, you can't come and ask me anything. Because you don't respect what I carry. You will say, oh, me papa dear, or you're crying, sending, or you're saying, you say, you say, but he's your father. You need a blessing from him. But if you don't give him that reverence, there is a blessing that you will receive from a father that you won't get. There is a blessing that everybody you receive from your father, your mother, no matter. No matter what they have done in the past. No matter who they are. Whether they are the poorest people in this world. If you don't give reverence to them, it means what they carry, you can't take it. Hallelujah. What they have, you can't have. Because you don't give reverence to it. You don't respect it. That's what the word reverence. Like you don't respect it. Praise the Lord. So if you don't respect the body of Jesus Christ, how can you receive the healing from Jesus Christ? You see how it is? So a lot of people are sick. Not only sick, and some people are even dying. That's what the Bible is saying. Some people are even dying. Hallelujah. Oh, he was broken for our sickness. He was broken for our diseases in his body. That is Jesus Christ. He was broken for my health. He was broken for your health. As I'm talking these things, I want you to see yourself that, oh, so that sickness that I'm going through, that problem that I'm going through, oh, that weakness in my body, Jesus Christ has already taken over. Jesus Christ has already done it for me. I am seeing my body getting healed already. Oh, boy. I'm seeing myself getting rejuvenated already because he has done it. That headache, that continues to come. That stomach ache. That thing that people have given a name to call stomach ulcer. That thing, I am being relieved from it right now. That kidney stones, that kidney diseases, that cancer of the chest, that pancreatic cancer. I am getting healed already because Jesus Christ has already done it. Oh, I give reverence to your body, Lord Jesus. And I will partake of your body each and every time. I know people, I know people, eh? I know, let me tell you this story. I know people who apply the communion each and every day. Every day. They partake in the communion each and every day. It is not a mistake. When we actually read what we read, you see that he said we should continue doing it in remembrance. Every time. Every time. Every time. And I know people who were terminally healed. They were sick. Some had brain tumor. 
But when they came across this tree, that the body of Jesus Christ was broken for their healing. And they started applying the communion and saying, Lord, I thank you for healing me. Thank you for the communion. For it was broken for my health. And they take it gradually. Do you know what happened? Gradually. The tumor in the brain started vanishing. Hallelujah. There was a man who stayed with his wife. And for over 46 years, this woman was suffering from cancer. Do you know when they got to know the truth that Jesus Christ has already healed them. And he gave his body for them. And when they were taking the communion, they had to believe that they are taking health. The body of Jesus Christ, they are taking health. They did, you know, they did it for so many months. The woman went to check. The thing had disappeared. I know a man of God who had some rashes behind his back. Like, it, it's not rashes, but And when he got to know, a man of God, when he got to know about this truth, he was taking the communion every day, every day. Do you know that he even vanished without him knowing? One day, he was dressing and he said he felt the Holy Spirit say, look at your back. So he turned and was looking at the back in the mirror. The thing was gone. So, when you partake, I didn't say you, 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 you just go and take it. No, you have to be involved in the communion. You have to be involved in the communion. Let it be something that you know Jesus Christ. This is the body of Jesus. This is what is bringing me health. Then you have faith in it. And you say, I know that I know that I know. This is faith. Oh. Faith is I know that I know that I know that I know that I know. I really am convinced that when I take it, I am made whole. That is how it is. Hallelujah. And you know the blood of Jesus, the communion when you take, you are protected. Like it covers you from evil 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 spirit it covers you from demons when you have this knowledge you won't fear when you have this knowledge you will sleep you will sleep in peace this is what the communion does for us this is it this is it this is the importance of the communion hallelujah now i want us to look at what people misconstrue or what people say that turns people away from the communion how people misinterpret what the word of God says that when you go and do something somewhere you don't come and take communion and you don't come and take communion upon you yeah we are going to read that thing I intentionally brought that thing after you've gotten this thing then now we will see what it is not hallelujah what the communion is not you see did Jesus Christ came to die for righteous people? No, for sinners. He came to die for sinners. And who are those he wants them to be part of him? He said, I didn't come to save the righteous. But I came to save the lost people. I came to die for the sick. He said, a doctor is there for the sick people. It's not for those who are well. So, who do you even think needs the communion more? 
Hallelujah. Amen. You see, so who do you think even needs him more? It is their sinners. So that they will be part of him. And we are rather pushing the sinners away. So that they'll, oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, you see what the word of God is saying. But people misinterpret it. Let me tell you why they say, let me tell you why. Oh, glory to God. According to the word of God, why they say when you eat the thing, you bring curse on you. We are going to take it from scripture so that it won't come from me. Hallelujah. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, the matter is settled. So we are going to look at the word of God. The same place, oh, the same place, the same place. No. First Corinthians 11. It is there, no. Say it is there, no. Jadadabasos. Ramano sitali so from the mess to skazo. Paradesu from the who speaker edias to Maradesa from no spaha. Ladinesus remenestus. Now, let's read. First Corinthians chapter 11. And let me read. We are going to read 27 to 34. Then we'll come up. To understand it more, okay? Because when you are reading the word of God, for you to understand, when you are reading the word of God, for you to understand, yeah? You don't just take one scripture from the Bible, then you base a doctrine on it. No. You have to look at what the person was saying in the beginning before he came to say that particular word down there. So for us to be able to understand, we'll go up. To go and see why he was saying what he was saying. For us to be able to understand what is down there. So first of all, I said we are reading from verse 27 to 34. So that when somebody talks, you also can point them to this truth. Hallelujah. 11. One, yeah, we are in 27 to 34. Should I, should I read? He said, wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread... That is after Jesus Christ has said we should continue doing this thing. He said, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord, he said, unworthily, listen, no, unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Unworthily, see you. What he's talking about here is what? Unworthily. I will explain to you. <laughs> then he said, but let a man examine himself. Good. He's coming from somewhere. He said, those people, they will eat the thing, what? Unworthily. Like, omudinu basa basa. That's the word, omudinu basa basa. He said, but let a man examine himself. So let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, basa basa, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. Not descending the Lord's body. See who? Listen who? He said, not descending the Lord's body. So, the reason why they are eating the thing unworthily, there has to be a reason why And the reason is, they don't have respect for the body of what? Jesus Christ. So, basa basa no no. The reason for that problem, the curse that will come on them, is because they don't regard the body of Christ. It is not basa basa no mudia no. 
The problem is they don't have regard for the body of Christ. It's just like you are not even going to eat communion and you don't accept what Jesus Christ has done for you. You don't regard him. You see, the most painful sin and the worst sin in the world is you not receiving Jesus Christ. This is, you will have domination. So what they are saying is, it's just like you have not accepted Jesus Christ. That's why they are eating the thing like that. Because they don't have, look, the understanding. Listen, they don't have the understanding. They don't have the understanding. So they just eat their communion anyhow. Without understanding. You will see why. I'm coming. We are going down. You understand. They will bring, because they don't descend the body of Jesus Christ. For this cause, listen. Ha, hallelujah. He said, because they don't respect the body of Jesus Christ, for this cause, which cause? Because they don't discern the body of Jesus Christ. They don't respect the body of Jesus Christ. He said, because of this, for this cause, many are weak and sick among you. Among us. And many sleep. Russ, I'm not talking. It's different. He's talking about terminal illness, like sickness that, like cancer. And that's what he's talking about. You understand me? He said, because of this, for this cause, listen, oh, so when you're reading the word of God, you take it after the other. He said, because they don't descend. It's not because they are eating the thing word on word, Leo. But people say, because on word, No, the thing is, he said, they don't descend. Yes. Yes. Like who say, oh, on That thing, yeah, yeah. You understand me? But the thing is this, he said, for he for he eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, many sleep. Sleep there means death. That's what the Bible is saying. For if we, we judge ourselves, we will not be judged. But when we are judged, we chastain of the Lord, and we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, listen up. Listen to something. Verse 33 said, Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. Hallelujah. I'm going to explain this thing. The reason why the people eat the thing unworthily, we are coming to understand it. He said, when you are coming to eat the communion, wait for one another. Do you know why he said they should wait for one another? Do you know why they should wait for one another? And if a man, listen, and if any man anger, let him eat at home. Let him eat at home. That ye come not together unto damnation. And the rest will set it. Hallelujah. He said, let the person who is coming to eat the communion, if you know you are angry, eat in the house. Before you come, so that you won't come and take care for yourself. Do you know why? You see, he's not saying when you're coming to eat the communion, if you know you have committed sin. He didn't say if you are coming to eat the communion, if you know you have fornicated. He didn't say if you are coming to eat the communion, if you know you have gone to insult some, somebody. No, he said if you know you are coming to eat the communion and you are angry, eat in the house before you come, so that you won't come and take care for yourself. He didn't say if you have committed. Uh, adultery. You see, so when you are reading the word of God, you have to understand. Now, do you know why he says they should wait? He said, when it's time for communion, let's wait for each other so that we all eat. 
That is why they eat the thing unworthily. Do you know why? In the past, when they are eating communion, even when you watch Jesus Christ, the bread no, is big. It's big. So you break it. And you pour the wine. The wine that we drink from is very small. Jesus time, the wine cup is a bit big. So when they break the bread, then they eat with it. But to answer my question, so that you see that what I'm saying is not, it's not lie. But what the people do is, today's communion, communion. So when it happens like that, those people who come after them, they won't come and get some. Because you will see somebody who take the cup and will pour the, the communion. And those times, their communion was having alcohol in it. Those times. The communion they take is alcoholic. Mm. Yes, it's alcoholic. And the bread too is there. So when they come, they'll come and pour the thing. Then, because there is alcohol in it, when they drink, they will get drunk. And then they will use it to do unworthy things. So it means they are taking advantage over the body of Jesus Christ to Jimmy. That's unworthy that is they are talking of. The answer is here. The same chapter. So I say we'll go up some more. So that you see that I'm not I'm not fabricating anything. When you look at the verse 20 to 22, hmm, the same ch- chapter. We'll close soon. 2022. He says, When you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. Okay? For in eating Everyone take it before the other his own supper. And one is angry and another is drunken. Are you getting it? Is that when you both come to eat the Lord's Supper? Then some people will come and eat before the other people. I'm not the one saying it. And when it happens like that, because they eat before the other people, they eat plenty. And because of that, another one who will come, the other person who will come, is hungry. Because that person doesn't get any of the communion. You understand me? And then the other one said, and then what? And another is drinking. Is drinking. Are you getting the thing? That's what it means by they are doing the thing unworthy. So he continued from there. He said, What? Have you not houses to eat or to drink? You see, when we are reading the Bible, we have to understand it. Don't you have houses to eat or drink? Or despise ye the church of God and shame? And I'm for Boema eradin and coupon fear no. Are you getting the thing? Are you getting the thing now? So it's not say fear now, whatever, whatever, whatever. Because they do the thing unworthily. Because of the And and Are you getting it? That is what the Bible is saying. Because they don't respect the house of God. They don't have any shame. He said, What shall I say to you? I shall praise you in this. No, I will not praise you. Before he told them about the revelation that he had about what a communion is, that the communion there is blessings. He told them, he told them, 
So, when somebody tells you that, no, you are bringing damnation or curse to yourself because you have done something in the house, it's not that. He's telling you that Paul was speaking to those people. He said, you people, you chop their communion, you drink their this thing, you get more bruised. That's what he's telling them. And other people are saying to us that when you come from the house and you have committed sin, don't come and eat up. Jesus Christ. Oh, 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 you don't take communion. Yeah, don't give. You, you won't take. You are a sinner. Is it? You are a second wife. You are a sinner. Do you know why they are saying that? They are judging you. They are judging you themselves. But the Lord looked at people and he said, look, I judge you not. I condemn you. Even look at somebody who went to commit adultery yes. and they caught that person. Yes. And they were about to stone that person. Yes. When Jesus Christ came, he said, look, you people, you all have sinned. So. Yes. If you think you've not committed any sin, stone her. Because the woman, she was already feeling condemned. Condemnation can even kill you. Hey! Now, you shouldn't have done it. Do you know what that thing does to you? It is, it, you just want forgiveness. And then your body will keep on making you feel condemned. Sometimes you don't want to come in the midst of people. You know what I'm saying? That's what condemnation does. But Jesus Christ looked at the hair. Do you know who Jesus Christ was? He is God. He is the Son of God. He has the audacity. He has the power to forgive sins. But then he said, Me, I have not condemned you. I have not condemned you. Do you know what he asked the woman? Look, he asked the woman first. The question he asked the woman is, has any of them condemned you? He said, no. Do you feel condemned? No. I have also not condemned you. I have not condemned you. So if he has not condemned, he who has the power to forgive sin has not condemned. Who are we? Now the church, the church, we are now judges. We are those who have sinned. And we are, we are saying this person is a sinner. This person doesn't need to come to church. It's not right. He just called the people to himself. We don't push them away. So communion even brings people together for fellowship. Just that we have to have it at the back of our mind. It is the blood of Jesus Christ that we are taking. Praise the Lord. My materials are plenty. I can't finish up. I want us to bring it to a close. I want us to stand on our feet. I want us to thank Jesus Christ for his blood, for his body. And I want us to begin to receive our healings. Begin to receive your healing. You can pray for someone you know. You can pray for your entire family. You can pray for healing to take place right now. Because the healing power of God is available right now. The healing power is working right now. And it's ministering right now. When you take the communion, it is going to just do what the word of God says. Begin to open your mouth and pray. Pray, pray, pray. Rabagadosa. Ikorodolobo si prenileastash. 